0: We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Seth. And today's discussion is about, many of you have heard of people saying abortion is good for women, but what about those who say abortion is good for the babies? That's our topic today.
0: And joining us today, we have Maya. She is a Gap Year intern. She's been on, multiple, have you been on multiple podcasts with us? Yes,
2: I think I've been on two now, so.
0: Okay. One,
1: this is number two or this is number three? This is number three. Wow, there Sorry. it is. Nice. Her
0: first one was like one of our very first episodes when, um, when she were, was a summer intern. Yes, yeah. a summer intern. Yep. That was a <laughs> while ago. And it was um, That's cool. from Planned Parenthood. We were debriefing after Planned Parenthood.
1: A baby um, was saved that day, I think.
0: Yeah. Correct. Yep. yep. So make sure you go back and watch that. That is a very good episode. Listen. If you ha- oh yeah, listen. I no always just call it that, anyways. Um. But yes. Make sure you go and listen to that episode. But today, show we notes. Are We'll going- have it in the show notes. Oh, okay. Yes. Um. We will be talking about a little different outreach, not outside of an abortion facility today. Um. We are actually outside Otterbine, as we like to call it, Otter University, Otterbine <laughs> University, um, which is right here. Well, I guess it's in Westerville, Ohio, technically. It's right outside um, Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. So Maya, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah. So what was the outreach like? Well, I guess for anybody who's new to this, what do we do whenever we go to a college campus? Um, What is the outreach style like? And then what was your experience yesterday overall?
2: Yeah. So when we go to colleges, we usually have maybe like five or six people with, um, we spread out, you know, our signs and we have staff member by each sign and we ask passerbys what they think about abortion, offer them literature. Um, Yesterday was actually my first, almost like my first time doing college outreach in a while because we had taken a break during kind of the colder months. And so back on campus and it was very rainy and it was kind of slow, but I was able to have several conversations with people and interactions and people weren't, everyone wasn't just being apathetic and walking by and it wasn't super hostile either. So
1: one interesting side note about Otterbein is for anyone listening who thinks about we always go to public colleges, this is a private college, and it's hard to go to private schools as an outside organization, but this is a school with a, a sidewalk, a public sidewalk, right through the middle, the heart of it, and so if you're listening and thinking about where to go for outreach, don't write off private campuses. There might be good ways to access them with public uh, roadways.
0: Yeah. So, but this is a very small school. So especially right. there's a really big contrast between going to Otterbein University and then going to like the University of Florida, which we were just at, um, for the justice ride. So uh, definitely a really big contrast there, but mm-hmm. that's good that you, I mean, no matter really what school you go to, you get to have a lot of conversations because right. I mean, if you have six people out there, there's more than likely there's more than six people walking by. Right. So that's always good. Um, But nice. Okay, so we want to talk about a specific conversation that you had during that day. So what was that, who were you talking to and what were was their like initial stance whenever you first asked them what they thought about abortion? Yeah,
2: so it was actually like my very last conversation on the campus that day. I asked him, you know, when he walked by what he thought about abortion. And he said at first that it should be legal and no one can tell any woman in his life what to do with their body, but yeah. And he said
0: he was a psychology
2: major, things like that.
0: Okay, so, um, kind of give us an overview. Well, I mean, you just kind of did, so maybe I shouldn't ask you to give too much information. I'd rather kind of just jump into the clip and then we can go over that um, afterwards. So, uh, producer Esther, can you please play the clip for us?
1: I think a bad life is not worth living a bad life if if a parent cannot afford to raise a child i'm a psychology major and Mm -hmm. i can tell you child development psychological the first three years of it if a parent can't give the nurturing to a baby that baby is permanently
2: right parents are very necessary in that children's in that child's development right and they children need their parents right is it better for the parent to kill their child
1: it would i wouldn't say it's called killing i would
2: say it's called sparing Okay, so what it what is
1: okay, let's start with that euphemism right there, right? So he says, uh, well, I, I think we don't need to really recap much because it was all clear in the audio, very clear mm-hmm. for me, and mm-hmm. here what was going on there between Maya, you and this student, but he didn't like your use of the word killing. Mm-hmm. He preferred sparing. Can you unpack for us what he meant by that?
2: Yeah, so he later brought up how his dad is um a counselor, and he knows that he's talked to many people who have been extremely um have just been extremely negatively impacted by growing up in a family whose parents neglected them. Mm -hmm. And so he was saying that it's better, basically it's better for someone to not even be um, come, basically be born and grow up and have a life than to have a life of suffering.
1: So I remember when I started hearing arguments like this, I don't know how many years ago, but it was pretty shocking to me. I don't know if our listeners are shocked by this, but I was prepared for the whole abortion's good for women. It helps me. It prevents a lot of pain in my life, that kind of thing. I was familiar with that. But this idea of saying it's actually good for the baby was rather shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Have both of you experienced this a lot before? Or what, what has your experience been with this idea that we're sparing the baby pain by killing her?
0: Yeah, I've had a lot of experiences. People not only on college campuses telling me that abortion is compassionate to um, the baby, but also mothers um, and fathers who are committing abortions themselves who will tell me that what they're doing is actually good for their baby or those who have had abortions in the past saying, well, I had an abortion because I didn't want my baby to grow up in um, the situation that I was in. So I definitely have Maya, have you had the same? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, people definitely have brought that up of um, not wanting their children to have bad lives and uh-huh. they somehow think it's a more compassionate thing to do.
0: Well, what I thought was interesting was like his first statement in this clip was uh, a bad life is not mm-hmm. worth living. And so I'm just asking myself sitting here like, <laughs> well, what dictates, or who decides what a bad life is because his life, you know, it may have been fairly easy, like compared to a person growing up in poverty with, um, out their parents or something like that. Um, but nobody has a perfect life. So I'm just wondering, does this guy get to, um, decide whose life is worth living or, or what?
1: That's exactly right. I I will I will remember um you know we all we remember I suppose our early days doing outreach and who we listened to and learned patterns from or apologetic strategies from and I often in my early days was standing nearby Stephanie Gray Connor's friend of the of the organization and I remember her asking someone so what about a 13-year-old girl who looks in the mirror and hates herself mm-hmm. is her life worth living should we kill her but that's you're exactly right Lex. that's where this goes not only are there um people clearly human beings adult humans or young adult humans who are living bad lives right now that this guy would say their life is not worth living that's alone the first problem but the second problem is what you referred to which is who gets to decide what is a good life or a bad life there's no life devoid of any kind of trauma or problems so who gets to be the person who says you know what this is as this is good enough you're allowed to live you're you're not allowed to live that's a i mean that's really the ideology that motivated a lot of the killings of the past of Hitler is saying that your life is a Jewish parasite, and my country is not worth living. Mm-hmm. You're a drain on our society, and we're going to get rid of you.
0: And I think Maya, you're going in this direction um, as to the responsibility that parents have towards their children. And mm-hmm. that, like, what's so interesting about his comments is um, the baby obviously hasn't done anything to deserve the situation or put themselves in the situation that they um, are in right now. Um, but the parents. I mean, obviously sometimes not everything is in our control, right? Um, but a parent who maybe, or a person who grew up in poverty, but had parents that love them and care for them, I'm sure mm-hmm. do not feel or focus on the same amount of trauma as somebody who had was wealthy but had really, really terrible parents who didn't care about them at all. So it's not all about, you know, the money of it and things like that. But you pointed out something really well that, like, parents do um, – should be caring for their children. So kind of expand on that.
2: Right. So it's his view of how parents should take care of their children. It seemed was that parents should spare their children pain. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we would say is that parents are responsible for caring for and protecting their children, which doesn't always mean sparing them from pain or from a hard life, but training them in the Lord and teaching them to rely on him through those trials. Mm -hmm. And so just a different view of what being a good parent is there.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was um thinking about that when in relation to I have a son right now who's only one year old and he's barely taking a few steps right now. And I would think I could make his life easier if I just carried him everywhere so he would not have to learn to walk. But you're right. So Maya, we, don't, we can't spare all difficulties where he might take a step and tumble down or something. I have to allow him to experience some of those things to learn to grow. Mm-hmm. So you're pointing to you're saying parents have these responsibilities and that is not only limiting pain. These other responsibilities to train, to guide, to protect, to care for those things. I think you're right. This was fascinating how that you have common ground with this psychology major. You both agree parents are important, but you don't agree on what that means, what the role the parent should be.
0: Right. And I wonder if we kind of brought his stance to a logical conclusion to himself, asked him, well, if a girl is five years old or something. And then, um, her parents, you know, die in a horrific car crash or something like that. Um, and now she's given to maybe her aunt and uncle to be looked after and they're not, you know, the best people in the world or something like that. Does that little girl now, should she just be killed? And that's actually sparing to her. And would you be the one to do that? That's what I always think about. Like these people Mm. who are calling abortion compassionate. One, okay, maybe you have seen abortion because we're showing it to you right now, but would you ever do that to somebody and call it compassion and you wouldn't at all feel guilty? You'd think like what I'm doing is a moral good. Like this is the best thing that I could do. That's what I think about. Like if something is truly compassionate, it may be a hard thing to do, but at the end of the day, you should feel like, no, that was, that was right. That was just, it shouldn't be something that people feel guilty about. But abortion is like we all instinctively know that killing babies, decapitating, disemboweling, dismembering them has nothing to do with compassion. Um, that's what I find so interesting. But Seth, how do we look at this? How do we understand this? Especially when somebody has such a um, different view of what a parent ought to be. How do we then engage in conversation with them and try to show them our like we're um, Christian Perspective of what a parent ought to be.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Well, I like what you were talking about a moment ago with the illustration of uh, a was a teenage girl like in a car crash or something like trying to relate again to comparing a preborn child to a born child. It's always very valuable because I think that when you look at, let's say, a parent has a toddler who is going through something very heavy, some kind of physical disability or, or mental disability, what do we think they should do? And I think that the um, community advocating for disabled people or people who are disabled has been really pretty good at this. I think it reminding people that their difficulty with life compared to your life does not mean they're any less worthy of anything or they're less valuable. I think they have done a good job at, um, at uh, showing that all people have dignity, regardless of abilities or disabilities, and so I think it's good to ask. So, what if we have this parent who has a child who is, in what this, this psychology major student would say, is a um, lacking the important developmental markers? Like, let's say it's a parent who is struggling financially and the kid is not doing well. What should that parent do? Should that parent stop future suffering by killing them? Or find another solution. I bet you this guy would say they should not kill that that child, right? Mm-hmm. Because we still always have this disconnect between preborn person and born person. We treat the older one the way we would not treat the younger one. The younger mm-hmm. ones we kill, the older ones we would not kill, because his. I think what's going on here is he has this kind of extreme view of utilitarianism. All this is like you know this very pragmatic view of we're just going to try to limit pain in the world. And so on balance, killing a baby is one act of pain, and a lifetime of pain is more in his mind, right? Because the longer, more enduring pain. But I think that's the wrong calculation. When you end someone's life, that's the ultimate suffering they can go through. You've taken away all goods from them. Mm-hmm. If you know someone who has a physical disability, they have more challenges. They've lost a good that is a true good they've lost, but that's not all of their lives. Mm-hmm. By killing them, you've taken away all of their goods. So I think he's doing the calculation incorrectly. So to summarize my long, blustery statement here, I guess I would just do what you were doing, kind of and compare born to pre-born and say, what if a mother has a child who is struggling developmentally? Should we kill them to stop their future suffering?
0: Yeah, I think that's really good. I think that's really all you can do. But um, I think we're all just going to experience this more and more people who have very, very different worldviews from our own. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just going to continue, especially as um, our culture continues to not accept reality as truth. We're going to just have to continue to try to to find common ground, and that's always really important.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good. I think that you know we've talked. Um, at least I remember last summer, our interns, when you were an intern, Maya. Mm-hmm. You remember when Stephanie Gray Connors did a a video chat with with all of you, and she was saying that um, lately she's been asking not when does human life begin, but when does parenting begin. Mm-hmm. Because uh, she wants to show that not only is there a human life, there, but there's a relationship there, mother and baby, and that that brings along certain things. And so I think what we need to do is ask that question, but also this conversation to me shows that we need to ask, what does parenting mean, right? Which is what you were getting to a a moment ago when you were saying what you think parents have to do. And I think that we have to really lean into that and ask, what is right for mothers and fathers? How should they behave And that gets very uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are different views of how parents should treat their kids. But I bet you most people would agree that parents should not dismember their children, Mm -hmm. at least the born ones, right? And so they should take care of them. That doesn't mean parents should give their kids iPhones and laptops, right? There's Parents are not required to go above and beyond normal calls of duty and give their kids things like great electronics. But they should do basic things like feed them, Mm -hmm. love them, nurture them.
0: And also one other thing that I found super interesting um, that he said towards the end of the clip um was he noted that like um that if a child grew up in a a bad situation or whatever um that the baby is permanently damaged from it and what just stuck out in my mind was well abortion is permanently not only damaging somebody but killing them completely eliminating them um and so we're not only just talking about having something to overcome later on in life that really scarred you we're talking about ending your entire life and that ties in with what you were saying Seth earlier it's a completely over like you're taking away everything from that person and so Maya you're doing a good job on on trying to show him that no this 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 baby girl this baby boy needs somebody to the parents need to love and care for them not in their life but anyways I just thought that was very interesting
1: yeah that's I think it's really interesting and I, that made me think of um other conversations we've had again Maya when you were an intern last summer about euthanasia and uh physician assisted suicide which plays into this the whole idea again of someone's bad life not worth living and the idea, the question that we kind of asked we could put in the show notes ref, uh links to uh resources on this because it's a separate conversation but the question is should you push or pull someone off the cliff if they want to jump off the cliff and kill themselves we would say you should pull them back help mm-hmm. them not push them off but the difference is even if someone disagrees with us there That person is choosing to kill themselves, which I believe is wrong. It should not happen. We are against that. But that's, again, a longer conversation. My point here is that the baby is never asking to be killed. The baby is not saying, I don't want to live my life. You are, again, the powerful person saying, I'm looking at you and I am judging your life as not worthy of living. How is that different from from Hitler killing the mentally and physically disabled people before the general Holocaust? That is disgusting. It's vile and dangerous. And so, my I'm curious about so coming back to your conversation. Can you like kind of walk us through like what happened after this clip and how things kind of ended with him?
2: Yeah. So um, we actually related because he. I was talking about how my mom, she's paralyzed, and you know her life hasn't been an easy breezy thing mm-hmm. to go through. And he brought up how his he takes care of his grandma who is paralyzed from the waist down in the afternoons, and we were just talking about suffering in that way, and how um, he has been around people in nursing homes who he like like you said the euthanasia thing, like some guy has said he didn't think his life was worth living, and since he was suffering so much, things like that. But the conversation did end very respectfully. Mm-hmm. He didn't change his mind on it, and he was still very set on on his point. Um, But he seemed to really care about the children who have grown up without those, without parents and who have um, suffered as a result of that, which I thought was um, commendable. But he just does he hasn't applied it at all in a a way that would actually be beneficial.
1: So I think for us, as we wrap this up, coming to that point, I think what we we can recognize in him is when we hear like a 30-second audio clip, right, it's easy to just assume some things about him. But clearly... His position was formed out of experience of seeing people in pain. Mm-hmm. And I do think that often people are motivated to the conclusion that abortion is okay out of compassion, which is so twisted, mm-hmm. but they get there, thing it's compassionate. So how do we redirect that compassion in the proper way? Do you, what, what can we tell people to do that? Or point to them, I think maybe what Maya was doing was helpful, like, here's my mom. How should I help, my? what should I do with my mother? Do I help her and take care of her, as you are doing, Maya, or should I tell her that I wouldn't even want to say the terrible thing that someone could say to her, right? Well, like I
0: know, but I, I think that a lot of people like, I, I mean, maybe this guy who's taking care of his grandma like sees the, the value in her and wouldn't want somebody to, you know, euthanize her or something like right. that. But I think unfortunately there are some people that would say yes. I mean, that would be the loving thing yeah. to do to my grandma right now. So, I mean, it's so difficult whenever people aren't, but I, I think he has compassion's in the right place. His solution to the problem is the wrong right. thing. And I think that's what we see time and time again with abortion there, you know, there are real problems that people are facing. And so we're not discounting those problems. They're definitely there and they definitely need to be addressed. But killing somebody is not the solution. I think that's what we need. To drive home whenever we're talking about um uh the value of human life and we're talking about abortion we're talking about euthanasia and we're talking about any of these things is that there is so much value in somebody and killing somebody is not going to solve any of these problems and so I don't know I but I don't know the answer to that Seth. how do you really do you know the answer to that Maya please help us
1: no, I think that's well said what you said, and I think that we're back to these kind of two major disconnects. People don't know what parenting means, what parenthood parents should do, and also we don't know what a human is anymore. Yeah. So uh, we have the mom in January who tossed her kid in the dumpster, and was it was it Texas, I think, Lexi? Oh, uh, yeah. I believe your home state. Yeah. And I, I think about we we didn't just get here overnight. We're now this position where we think people are disposable. So if they are problems for you, or if they have problems themselves, you can dispose of them. So our worldview it comes back to. Always, as you said, intentionally killing innocent humans is wrong. And also, people matter. Mm-hmm. And that is a dis- disappearing idea. People matter no matter their abilities or disabilities, no matter their color of skin, their gender. People matter, period. And that's what we've consistently said. I think we have to keep sharing that message. And I'm encouraged because I think that it's still intuitive to us. Mm-hmm. That he may have genuine compassion leading to a wrong conclusion, but if we can commend him for say I'm grateful for your care for your grandma, like yeah. Maya cares for her mom. These are good things. But aren't, couldn't compassion become twisted? Mm-hmm. I think just asking that question, letting that linger might be helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is an important conversation I hope we'll keep jumping into because there's so much more we could say about this. Yeah. But I know Esther's probably going to give me the, the signal pretty soon to, to cut it off. So I think um, we should wrap up with that. But um, my encouragement to everyone listening would be to continue pursuing that, asking people what should parents do, what is right for parents to do, and how should compassion be directed? clearly there are some things that are wrong compassionately. You could care for someone and do something wrong to help them, like killing them, that is wrong and so there are limits to compassion compassion must still be directed by good moral principles just because it feels compassionate doesn't mm-hmm. mean it actually is compassionate mm-hmm. so as we're wrapping up now i think the one i wanted to just say we always are asking for reviews we got a couple of reviews recently i wanted to share one to give a shout out to someone who's a who's a friend of the of create equal um a hub eight uh, left a review for us saying debrief the debrief that's kind of a cool title debrief the debrief Ahab 8 writes, I wish I always had someone listening with me so we could debrief the debrief, (laughs) which is kind of a cool idea. I love this podcast, The Rich Conversation, are excellent and uh, i'm sorry which conversations are excellent content perfectly paired with fun so you know thanks for listening ahabate and others please leave a review too we love hearing from you and you can also send us a message letting us know what maybe there's a topic we're missing you'd love to have us deal with that because i bet you we have conversations on campus dealing with it if it's something you want to hear about so maya thanks for joining us If everyone else who's listening again please go leave a review i'd leave also five stars if you like what you're hearing and also just join us on our social media we'd love to connect with you beyond the podcast so find us at debrief with us on instagram join us also at createequal.org we'd love to connect with you as we're all working together to direct compassion the right way to help people and not hurt people until then um, stay connected look for the show notes and we're grateful for joining us see you again next week we are Creative equal this has been the debrief